Misfits, welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast. We are your weekly podcast for all things weird and wacky from Bigfoot and aliens to psychology and history and everything in between. We are your hosts, Emmy and Steve. How are you doing? What's up? I'm doing well. I'm up in Vermont with my friends for the next week. It's nice. Pretty chill. Uh, yeah, it's, it's chill. How about yourself? I'm good. I am at my parents' house right now. I just got my second vax yesterday. Congrats. We're both fully vaxxed now. We can go lick subway poles. <laughs> I can't wait. But I have been having some like weird symptoms. The day that I got it, I was super tired. Did you have that? Yeah, I think I was tired, but also was volunteering. I got it. So I've been standing all day. So yeah. it's hard to say which did me in, but I was super tired after. Yeah. I got it and I was watching a movie with my parents before bed and I got like five minutes in and was just in the deepest sleep ever. And it was an hour long show. It was like Law and Order or something. Uh-huh. And I had the deepest sleep. I had three dreams and then I woke up and I was like, okay, it's got to be like the morning now. <laughs> and then I looked at the clock and it was like 10 p.m. Jeez. <laughs> the whole night I slept so deeply. And even last night, like I had crazy, crazy dreams. I've just been like sleeping so deeply, but I actually feel like great. That's I'm the awesome. most rested I've been in so long. That's Awesome. Did you um, have like a fever and stuff yesterday? I didn't have a fever, but I had weird hot and cold chills. You had a low grade fever. Yeah. I, I had a low grade fever. I was achy as shit. I just did not feel like doing anything. It just took yeah. me out of commission for a day. Yeah. I was just so tired. I had to just lie there. Yeah. Well, I actually feel fantastic today because I slept so great. I had this crazy dream last night. So I was on Survivor and I won. It felt like it was like three weeks this stream, but I'll just tell you the most interesting part. So I won this challenge and I got immunity, which means that I couldn't be voted out that week. And I was automatically in the final four, which is like a big mm. deal. And so they like are giving me the immunity necklace and I'm all excited. And just as they're doing that, I have to blow my nose. I blow my nose and worms come out there's like a ton of worms and then i had to go home because they're like you have some kind of parasitic infection and you're gonna die so that's like crazy whatever and then i wake up and i'm like that was weird so i googled what does it mean when you have worms come out of your nose that's why i had a dream or in general well both i actually googled both it is a real thing it is a real no. thing and then I Googled, what does it mean in a dream? And I'm like, nothing is going to come up for this. And there was like a whole page with three different explanations for different types of worms. It was telling me about my career. You don't feel fulfilled in your career. I was like, okay, whatever. But I just thought it was funny. That's very funny. <laughs> so what's it mean if in real life if worms are coming out of your nose? You just have like some kind of parasite. Oh, yes, that makes sense. It can like get in your lungs. Oh, that's not good. It happens if you eat human feces by accident or on purpose, I guess. <laughs> I bet that's someone's kink out there to uh, eat some poopy. Ew, 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 ew. That's how my COVID shot went. <laughs> nice. That's good. But yeah, yesterday we got up here. We were in a restaurant outdoors and the guy we go there, he looks at us and goes, are you guys over 21? We're like, yeah. He's like, well, maybe you should go to that place instead. And we're like, what? We thought he was like rejecting us. He sent us to like the bar next door. Why? It turns out that it looks like they're in the same building. I think he owns both of them, but it's like, what? Like, I've never felt so rejected at a restaurant. They had like, like better drinks or like, no, I think alcohol? they're just like, they look like they're poor. Let's send them over there. <laughs> I have no idea. So we went to a bar. That but, uh, is so weird. It turned out that the guy owned both of them, but it's kind of weird they turned us away to another restaurant. I've never heard of that. That's really strange. Yeah, it is really strange. So not much else is going on. So I want to tell everyone what you're talking about today. Yes. So I'm doing part two of Ancient Aliens, which I did last week. And it's kind of going to be some Ancient Aliens theory, some about Giorgio, the Ancient Aliens guy, because I just think he's a crazy weird dude. So it's going to be a hodgepodge of stuff, but it'll be a lot of fun. 
Nice. And then I'm going to be talking about Wojtek, the Polish army bear. Yes. And also, we're going to both discuss episode one of the Sasquatch documentary, which is honestly a little misleading what it actually is. I feel like I've been duped a bit. It was good, but I feel like I was duped. So I loved it because when I was leading backpacking trips, that's mm-hmm. where I was. I liked it, but I do feel a little duped because I feel like if you name something Sasquatch, you're not allowed to talk about the true kind of element. I think you have to just pretend that a Sasquatch killed those people. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like if you're going to name your movie Sasquatch, which is going to ruin the search term Sasquatch for everyone else, right? <laughs> you got to have the decency to be like, true crime doesn't exist. It was definitely a Sasquatch that killed these people. You cannot go the other angle because it's kind of a dick move to do that. But it was really good, though. There's a lot of interesting parts of it. And I think it's not just purely a true crime thing. Like there was, oh, no, there was some Sasquatch not. nuggets in there for sure. No, it is. It's definitely good, right? I thought yeah. it was cool. But I'm just saying, I feel like if you're going to name your true crime documentary Sasquatch, you got to just throw reality out the window and pretend a Sasquatch actually did it. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, we'll discuss more later. We'll discuss that later. Yeah. All right. So some announcements before we start. I guess I say, as always, if you like the show, subscribe whenever platform you're listening to. It helps us out. Make sure you never miss an episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. I mean, Apple Podcasts is more useful, but if you don't have Apple products, leave us a review on Podchaser. We'll read them out. I guess our newsletter is coming out Friday or tomorrow, Thursday. So yeah. go on our website, misfitsandmysteries.com. You can read our blogs there and sign up for our newsletter. So you don't miss out on anything that's going on. And then I don't know when the episode's going to be coming out because we're recording this Thursday. So probably next week. But we have Pittsburgh Pirate Mike McHenry. He's a former catcher for the Pirates. He's a play-by-play guy now. He's going to come on the show and he wants to talk about Bigfoot and stuff. And it's going to be really fun. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) So stay tuned for all that. And I guess let's hop into the episode. So... This week, we're talking about Wojtek, the Polish World War II army bear. I can't wait. His story begins in 1941. This was when there was a joint occupation of Poland by the Nazis and the Soviet Union. The Soviets had a ton of Polish soldiers locked up in Siberia. So what happened is when Hitler eventually crossed Stalin... Stalin was pissed off and he released all of the Polish soldiers so they could go fight Hitler. So this is the story of the 22nd artillery unit from Poland. And 1941, they were released from the Gulag. And on their way from Siberia back to Europe, they stopped in Iran. And while there, they met this young shepherd who had a baby bear cub in a sack. And it turned out the baby bear cub had been orphaned because his mother was shot. They named him Wojtek, which means joyful soldier. And that was the start of Wojtek's incredible journey across the world with this unit. Well, it's a good thing it was orphan because you do not want to mess with a mama no. bear. <laughs> the story <laughs> went a lot differently if <laughs> these soldiers stole Wojtek from mama bear. It would have ended <laughs> immediately. Yeah. The shepherd never would have had the bear in the sack in the first yeah. place. <laughs> so... Just a little background on Syrian brown bears, which is the type of bear that Wojtek is. They're smaller than your average bear, but they're still massive. They're still about 4.4 feet tall and weigh up to 550 pounds. This is still like a unit. This isn't like, (laughs) it's a little bear, but it's still gigantic. So basically this bear became a part of this artillery unit and was raised by them. In particular, there were two guys who became his adopted parents. It was Dimitri Sizalugo. I can't pronounce that. Nailed it. Nailed yes, it. Close enough. <laughs> and Henrik Zacheverich. And Henrik was, I guess, the primary caregiver. And I'm pretty sure he was Wotek's favorite. Like he spent the most time with him, gave him the most care. So the army was not well equipped to take care of a baby bear because of their mm-hmm. rations. So what they did early on is they would feed him condensed milk from a bottle, but as he grew, they just gave him whatever food was available and he got double rations because he was double the weight of a fully grown man. There. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into this a little bit later. One of the fun facts about Wotek is he became one of the boys and he would actually throw down beers with them when they were drinking and smoke cigarettes with them. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't know if there's videos, but there are photos of Wotek holding beers. He would hold bottles of beer. 
And they weren't afraid that he was going to attack them. Like he was just hanging out. I'll just get to it now because I think it's such a funny story. Yeah. So he would sit down with his boys, basically, right? The and boys? with the boys, some brewskis with the boys. And they gave him his own mug, which he'd drink beer and wine out of. And apparently, when he'd finish his beer, he would look at them really sad until they refilled it. He'd always beg for cigarettes. And they give him a cigarette. He'd take one puff, then he'd eat the cigarette. That's kind of sad. It is, but this bear loved it. He just wanted to be with his people. He would also spend time wrestling. So like this is all obviously when they're not in combat. So a lot of this took place between their trip from Iran to Palestine, which is their way to get back to Europe. So that took like a year or so. So this is like they've raised this bear. He's one of them. And basically. They party with him. They wrestle with him. Most soldiers were afraid to wrestle with him because he never hurt them on purpose. But this is like a 500-pound bear we're talking about. Someone would at a minimum get their like clothing ripped up by him when they played. So 100%. only the bravest or maybe drunkest would wrestle with, <laughs> with Wojtek. But we love them. It's actually funny. There was an interview with someone who from 2020, I believe, who was in this artillery unit just reminiscing about Wojtek. And they just kept talking about how surprised he was that this bear just loved cigarettes. And that's the guy who said that he never actually smoked more than a puff and he'd just eat them. He thought it was the funniest thing. (laughs) So one evening while they were at the camp, I believe this is when they were in Palestine, or at least on their way there, a thief broke into their camp and Wojtek woke up and investigated. And the guy freaked out and ran away and the soldiers captured him. And they gave him a, his own bottle of beer to celebrate. Oh, what a <laughs> uh, smart bear, though. I know. Can you yeah. imagine, though, you think that you're going to come in and, like, steal some stuff and there was just literally a bear there? Yeah, like, like, like oh, what's the worst going to happen? Like, a little dog? It's like, no, it's a 500-pound bear who's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And the I soldiers mean, fought him. <laughs> I feel like thieves stay away from houses with dogs in general but like a bear a bear you you don't go down that street (laughs) no so he's gifted his own bottle of beer there's actually photos of him i'll send you them after this of him like with two hands is holding a bottle of beer (laughs) like just sitting up it's the funniest thing at some point when he was in palestine Wojtek was stung by a scorpion which actually killed one of it so there was also I didn't do much research on this, maybe for another segment, but there, this same troop also had a dog and a monkey with them. This could be its own segment in and of itself. <laughs> I know, right? So Wojtek's friend, I can't remember his name, but he was a dog, got stung by a scorpion and died. At least back then, I guess they have anti-venom, so it's really dangerous. So one night, Wojtek got stung in the nose by a scorpion and was doing really poorly and they thought that he was going to die. But Henrik was so upset and refused to leave the bear's side for a few days. And he managed to nurse him back to health and he was perfectly fine. And luckily, that is the only damage that Wojtek somehow took in an artillery unit. He never got hit by a bullet, never got hit by a stray shell or anything. So they finally get to Palestine or they're in Palestine. They're ready to deploy to Italy to wage a war against the Nazis and Mussolini. But... Mm -hmm there was a law at the time where they couldn't bring a bear into combat, right? Cause it's a bear. So <laughs> the 22nd artillery unit refused to leave him behind. So they got him officially instated in the Polish army. Oh he had his own God. paycheck, his own serial number and also a rank. So he was private Wojciech, the bear. Oh Wojciech, my God. Yeah. So this bear is a legit veteran. So that's was- the, like so cute. I know. This is in 1944. So he's four years old at this point. He weighs over 400 pounds at this point. He's like around 440 pounds. This is a fully grown bear. This is double the size of a grown adult. Yep. So in 1944, they needed this unit to invade Italy. The Nazis held the Western portion of what was called the winter line in Italy. And the, the allies determined that they needed to hit this specific part of this line in order to get to Rome and defeat the Italians. So this was the siege of Monte Cassino. During the assault, Henrik was serving as an artillery spotter. So he needed to pull forward and they couldn't bring Wojtek because, you know, you can't bring a bear to the front lines. But this is where Wojtek became a hero. Mm -hmm. So according to multiple people in the unit, 
During this siege where 70,000 men died on both sides. So this was a serious battle. Instead of panicking or doing nothing, Wojtek copied the men who were carrying crates of ammunition to the artillery. And he started picking up artillery and carrying it to the cannons. Oh my God. So he assisted in the siege. And after the battle was won, like I said, 70,000 men died in this one battle on both sides. Henrik survived, luckily, for Wojtek's sake. So after the battle, tales of his fearless actions spread throughout this unit. And as a result, they honored Wojtek. To this day, the 22nd Transport Company, which is their artillery unit in the Polish army, their logo is Wojtek holding two artillery shells in each of his hands. Oh my God. And that's their logo on their tanks, their official uniforms, everything. It's awesome. What a smart bear. I know. After the war, the 22nd Transport Unit and Wojtek, who was officially a member of it, were re-stationed to rural Scotland. So they were stationed at airfield near the village of Hutton. And a lot of the soldiers he fought with started getting either reinstated or sent home. And one by one, every soldier that served with him said their goodbyes as they were like reinstated or went home. And word started to spread throughout Scotland, especially locally, about this heroic Serbian bear. (laughs) sorry syrian bear and eventually he became a local celebrity and in 1947 he was discharged from the military as a corporal which means he actually rose in the ranks from private to corporal oh my god and he retired to the edinburgh zoo where he lived the rest of his life as a celebrity where he would go on to have occasional interviews and he appeared on local children's shows interviews yeah i'm sorry interviews what does that mean yes I, you know, I didn't really look into that. I imagine they interviewed like one of his handlers or a soldier he served with. I don't imagine they're like, Wojtek, what was it like serving in World War II? I- <laughs> <laughs> also, the thing that's great too is he was never forgotten by his brothers in arms. They often visited him, people that served with Wojtek, and he would always be really excited to see them. He died at 21 years old, which is only four years younger than the maximum possible lifespan for a Syrian bear. So this bear that ripped darts, drank booze, and fought in World War II lived almost the maximum possible life that a Syrian bear could. What an incredible animal. I know. It is such a cool story. I feel like we should have prefaced this with, do not have a bear as a pet. It will kill you. (laughs) Wojtek is the exception that proves the rule. (laughs) I always think that stories like that are so cool, though, because, I mean, obviously we think of the traditional cats and dogs as the animals that have bonds with people, but this bear was just hanging out and, like... He was just one of the boys. Not only one of the boys, but doing his part to help the people who he was hanging out with. I think that's a really cool story. This just goes to prove the bond that humans and animals can have. I think it's a really cute story. Oh, I agree. I think obviously there are exceptions to like how far this can go. Not every animal we can have a relationship with, but it's just so fascinating. So you have these non-traditional relationships with animals that you wouldn't think of. But at the same time, what's kind of interesting, bears and dogs have a common ancestor. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that bears are necessarily domesticatable. But they're similar enough, and I think they're intelligent enough that if you got one that's particularly docile and raised it from young, you could probably have a relationship like this. Definitely. And we're back. All right, so I am going to be doing part two of Ancient Aliens, and I feel like I kind of hopped around last week, but there's just a lot of stuff that I never got to that I want to talk about. So I don't even know where to start. I guess I'll start with Giorgio. Yeah. So for anyone who is not familiar with Ancient Aliens or didn't listen last week, Giorgio is this guy on the show Ancient Aliens that has this theory that aliens have been a part of human history dating back to dinosaur times because they believed humans and dinosaurs lived at the same time which is a whole separate issue so georgia is the main guy he is a quote-unquote ufologist so a ufo scientist i guess but he's got kind of an interesting history and they kind of put him up as this expert on the topic but i dug into his credentials and 
I will say maybe he has a degree that I wasn't able to find, but he has literally no credentials to be talking about this whatsoever. He is just some dude. Does he not even have like a bachelor's or anything? I'll dig into his education, but it's nothing anywhere close to related to UFOs, not even history, not anything, nothing. They just found a guy crazy enough to say the shit that sells pretty much. hundred percent. Yes. So he's not an expert on anything. He's just some dude that likes to talk about this. This is like their big expert dude. (laughs) That's a rough start. Yeah. So Giorgio, I'll give you one guess, Steve, as to what his first job was before he started being a ufologist. He's a shipping magnate. The name of Giorgio? He was a bodybuilder. (laughs) What? I only pull a picture. There's no way. He's so small. I know. Well, he was the owner of a bodybuilding company and then also dabbled in it a little bit himself. This guy looks like he's never lifted a weight in his life. He's so skinny. He's so skinny. Bodybuilders bodybuilders are huge. How could that be real? I'll tell you about his history. So he's born in Switzerland and in high school, he starts getting this fascination for as he calls it, pushing the limits of the human form in terms of strength and symmetry. Okay. So is he a very symmetrical guy? Is that his deal? Have you seen his hair? <laughs> yeah. His hair is not symmetrical. He started with this bodybuilding company in Switzerland and he was their lackey boy. So he would run and get their name tags and like drive people mm-hmm. from the airport, etc. And then he goes to college. He actually went to Ithaca College. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you go to Ithaca from Switzerland? I wonder how he made that jump. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It says that his, I know so much random shit about him, but his Mm -hmm. grandpa lived in New York City for a little bit. So I think he was looking in the New York state area. It's one thing to know Cornell if you're from Switzerland, but I feel like Ithaca is a college you know about if you're from Switzerland. Yeah, it's totally They are are next to each other. Maybe he visited Cornell and they get in. We got into Ithaca. Probably. Yeah. It says that he loved Ithaca's peaceful small town atmosphere and it reminded him of home. And this is from the Ithaca College website. Interestingly enough, this bio that I'm reading from and- they mention all of his shit about bodybuilding. They do not mention once ancient aliens. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're probably embarrassed. Yeah, but they thought he was interesting enough to have a bio on their website as an alum. He's pretty famous. Everyone knows the ancient alien guys. You don't, you yeah. don't know his name. I know he was Giorgio until last week. Yeah, it's just funny that they thought he was worth putting on there, even though they didn't want to mention ancient aliens. <laughs> so he goes to Ithaca College. And starts as a business major, Mm -hmm. but soon changes his major to sports information and communication. Mm -hmm. So that is his degree. That is his only degree is sports information and communication and sports communication. Oh, so specifically sports communication. So like he was trying to be a broadcaster, essentially. He was training to run these bodybuilding companies. Oh, so he started volunteering at all of these big, huge bodybuilding things in California. He meets Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, so I'll show you a picture of them together. Yeah, because there's not that many events in the U.S. in any given year. There's just the big events. He was able to still attend school and whatever. He ends up working with this production company, Pro Bodybuilding Productions. And ends up being like the owner of the company in 1992. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a decade or so, he discovers the ancient aliens astronaut theory. So now I'm going off of the Ithaca College website because they did not mention this. Yes. (laughs) So following a couple of years in doing sports promoting, he discovered ancient aliens theory and actually met with the author of Chariot of the Gods, which Mm -hmm. I mentioned last week is the first book to really come out with the ancient aliens theory. And ever since he met with Eric Von Donegan, the author, he has been like a huge proponent of the theory. And so now a couple of fun facts about George. 
I'm just going to list these off. All righty. I'm ready. <laughs> so he publishes this journal called the Legendary Times, which he is very proud of because it is the only publication in the world to exclusively report on the ancient astronaut theory. How frequently does this paper come out? I believe that it's quarterly. Okay. If you're going to say daily, I'm like, there can't, I guess it should really be depending on like how much shit he can fabricate because he makes shit up in every episode. So like, yeah, well, it's journal. So I think it's supposed to be like an academic research publication, but he doesn't do research. He just makes shit up. And it's like George Washington was half alien. Yep. 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 <laughs> That's exactly what it is but okay jesus legendary times if anyone's interested so he's kind of also turned into a meme and if you guys are on twitter i'm sure you've seen him with this crazy hair and he says that he actually loves being a meme and (laughs) he says that it's a great honor to be embraced by this is a direct quote i think it's a great honor to be embraced by the interwebs worldwide (laughs) who calls it the interwebs (laughs) I have no idea. That's pretty funny. That <laughs> and, uh, is if he like, was one of people that said, you know, it's like www. If he said worldwideweb. Dot- <laughs> yeah. Worldwideweb.com. Have you guys yeah. heard it? If you want to find Mistress and Mysteries, it's worldwideweb.misfitsandmysteries.com. <laughs> Does com stand for something? Probably. I'm going to find out. <laughs> Keep going. I'll tell you in a sec. His hair is actually style the way that he has it he says that it's a lot of hairspray so the crazy like there's no way it's like that normally no but the fact that he puts a fuck ton of hairspray in there to make it look like that and is like yeah this is what i want to look like okay so dot com stands for dot commercial oh that makes sense it does so if you want to find mysteries and mysteries it's https backslash backslash well what's https stand for hold up guys this is great radio <laughs> yeah sure you if you want to find misfits and mysteries you gotta go to hypertext transfer protocol security colon forward slash forward slash worldwide web dot misfits and mysteries dot commercial and you can find us <laughs> just type that right in and i'm sure it'll come up <laughs> yeah i'm sure that will work for you yeah. Okay. Where were we? Hair. Yes. Hairspray. Yes. He purposely has crazy hair. Yep. So that's just his that's... look. Oh, just two more facts. So All this right. isn't really a fact about him, but it's just something interesting that he believes and it's controversial even within the ancient aliens community. So he believes that every single one of us currently have ancient alien DNA within our bodies. And he believes that our human genetic makeup was deliberately changed and artificially mutated by the ancient aliens back in the day to make us behave a certain way that was favorable to them. Because remember, according to ancient aliens theory, back in the day, we were slaves to Mm. the aliens. So when I mean that's just our DNA, if it's the same ancient alien DNA in all of us, that's just human DNA because we have DNA from all other critters in us too. That we. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. So like, I understand it's controversial because it doesn't matter at the end of the day if we all have the identical DNA. It's not alien DNA anymore. It's our DNA. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if some kind of alien DNA was like implanted in us, but. I would just argue that at this point, how far it's transferred along. If we all have the same DNA, it's just human DNA. Yeah. We have like virus DNA in us and shit that's passed on for generations and generations. So like, that's just our DNA. They're not like, oh, you're like 17% virus. It's like, no, you're just a human. Yeah. And then last one, he has seen a UFO himself. And here's the story. And I'm reading a direct quote from him. On August 8th, 2014, along with 26 other people with night vision goggles in Joshua Tree which is where Demi Lovato saw a bunch of UFOs. Interesting. Uh Yes, you did. We saw the stars inside the Big Dipper. We saw stars within the Big Dipper that obviously didn't belong there. And after 10 minutes of observing those two stars, they began to move equidistant from each other into space or into the darkness of the night sky. Interesting. It's not implausible, but... Yeah, it's just... eh, Who's probably on some drugs, but... Yeah, I know, right? If he's in Joshua Tree... Yeah, exactly. Going around with 26 <laughs> other people. I mean, sure, maybe he saw it, maybe he was doing drugs. 
All right. So do you want to hear some weird ancient aliens theories? Sure. But first, do you know what Giorgio's net worth is? I have no idea. I Googled it. I got two different answers on a guess. I don't even have a concept of a guess. So just tell me. One of them said 3.5 million and the other said 4 million. I'm going to go with the 4 million number because I imagine 3.5 is older. I feel like that's not a ton of money, but also... For a guy who has absolutely no qualifications and literally just makes shit up, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also one of the highest grossing things on the history. It's despicable that he's allowed on the History Channel. This thing has over 200 episodes. On the History Channel. Shouldn't the History Channel not be alternative history? Shouldn't it be like real history? The History Channel has fucking Pawn Stars on there. I love Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars is okay. It's just kind of dumb. I hate the like little banter they do with what's his name? Chumley or the grandpa? Chumley. You know, Chumley's a bad guy. He got arrested for some real, I forget exactly what it was, but he got some arrested for some really fucked up shit recently. Really? Yeah. I think there's meth involved domestic violence he's not oh, a good shit. guy yeah wow. and then the grandpa died but i'm not surprised that guy was obese and 80 he never looked like he was doing well no he looked like he was on death's door for like the entire time that show aired 10 years so i'm guessing that the show is not on anymore or not i, no, I mean Sorry. i feel like it'd be hard to record new episodes during covid because no one really goes to a pawn shop I mean, I've never been to a pawn shop. I don't think very many people are going to pawn shops during a pandemic. But I feel like Vegas never really shut down. That is true, yeah. But also, if one of the main guys is dead and the other is in prison, it's probably not going anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they saw the father and the son, I think. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? It's a weird show. All right, back on track. (laughs) Back on track. I'm just going to rattle off some theories that they have. Quote, hybrid creatures are the result of genetic testing. What are the hybrid? Do they mean like, um, actually, I guess you're about to say so. Remember in ancient aliens theory, everything from mythology and every religion is real, but Mm -hmm. it's just because of aliens. So this means Medusa from greek mythology who has the snakes for hair real stone real yeah uh griffin that's like a half lion half eagle what's the half horse half human thing centaur yeah real so all of those things and a lot of them are from greek mythology real Mm -hmm. but it's just because the aliens doing like weird genetic testing with humans and different aliens and they ended up fucking up and that's what happened interesting i mean there is a centaur it's very real in rome do you know about that no so there's this preserved body of a centaur and it's really just i guess someone back in the day sewed the corpse of a horse to the corpse of a body a human body isn't that wild it's like the uh fiji mermaid yeah only this was like preserved in like a temple in Rome. Interesting. But it's clearly like sewed together. It is pretty wild. Really weird. So maybe it is real. Maybe it is real. Even though there's like stitch marks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Giorgio would say real. Yeah, Giorgio would say it was aliens. It was probably alien stitching. <laughs> yes, alien stitching at two were primitive. Humans could not have stitched that. <laughs> Humans would never do such a bad job. <laughs> So here's another one. Grim Reaper, real. The plague slash black death. Maybe this is too real right now. Was actually caused by aliens. So and not the bacteria that we've uh, identified that's readily available. No, nope. So this is how they infected us. So basically they sprayed, you know how like a farmer might play and like spray their crops with pesticides? Yeah. The aliens did the same thing with us, but with toxic fumes sprayed toxic fumes over all of humanity pretty much or at least all of europe which i but guess it hit not- china too yeah but not but actually I don't think in china in like africa was it yeah but we didn't have contact with them back then but yeah it originated yeah. in china and we were trading with china and europe so yeah i don't know i said we we're americans <laughs> we were we weren't around we weren't around <laughs> the europeans um, were trading with the chinese and you know, the bubonic plague yeah. So I guess they only sprayed over Europe and China. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they sprayed over, interestingly enough, 
for the same reason that a farmer would spray their crops with pesticides to like preserve us, I guess, or like, so that didn't really make sense to me. But basically around that time is when the Grim Reaper became a thing in folklore. So they're saying that the Grim Reaper was actually the alien who'd walk around in a dark hood and like see how people were doing down there. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Do they even make like an effort to base their bullshit in reality? See, I've read things I know are fake that are like at least based in reality and are kind of believable. By saying that we're spraying basically pesticides, it doesn't factor in that we sell the bubonic plague now and it's just a simple bacterial infection. Also, the Black Death was like three separate plagues that all hit at the same time. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. And what evidence do they have to say that they sprayed us like pesticides? Also, it's just like simple an- uh, antibiotics cure it. So I don't feel like that's real. I will say though, it would be so interesting to do is to talk to like, there is a podcast and they're too big for us, but I think there might be like an NPR one. That's like um, alternate, actually tell you exactly what it's called. But if we ever get big enough, I'd love to ask them this question. Um, I'll, I'll figure out the name in a sec, but basically my question would be, what do these experts think the world would have been like if the bubonic plague eliminated everyone in Asia and Europe? And we only had people in the Americas and Africa. That'd be really interesting to find out. As like alternate history or something. Ugh, my Wi-Fi sucks up here. That is interesting. All right, fuck. I can't find it. Whatever. So basically, yeah. if like all white people died. Well, I mean, it's not just white people. If like, because it'd also be all the Asian people too, because you look at it like yeah. where the Black Death originated is China, and then it came through and like wiped out everyone. Like what if everyone in Europe and everyone in China and, I mean, I don't know if Japan was super isolationist and maybe they'd still be around. Maybe Korea, I don't know. But everyone in that continent area, like those two continents just got wiped out by the bubonic plague. Like, what would happen? How crazy would that be? Things would be very different, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, very, we probably would not be around, but yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Crazy shit. Yeah. Crazy shit. I think I have two more. All right. Maybe one more. We'll see. So this one I might have already talked about, but I don't think I went in depth on it. All right. Aliens killed the dinosaurs. We slightly discussed that, yeah. Yeah, but I'll tell you a little bit more in depth. Give us a recap and then give us a full in-depth theory. Yes. So the theory is that aliens killed the dinosaurs because... So I just need to think about how best to word this because it's so convoluted. So basically, humans were slaves to aliens, right? Mm -hmm. Humans and dinosaurs existed at the same time in ancient aliens theory which Mm -hmm. i don't know why that helps or hinders their theory why would that need to happen for the theory to work i'm not sure i have no idea but it's blatantly wrong so because they said that humans and dinosaurs existed at the same time they needed to explain why humans survived and dinosaurs died so the explanation is that There's flying, there's two theories. So either flying saucers hunted down all of the dinosaurs with laser weapons. So millions and millions of dinosaurs with lasers. No way. Yeah. So either that or dinosaurs were genetically modified to be, quote, smaller and friendlier. Until the point where they just diminished out. And you know how like a T-Rex is an ancestor of like a modern day chicken. Mm -hmm. So that's how like they just accelerated that evolution to. Are the T-Rexes actually though? Because I don't know if T-Rexes are actually avian dinosaurs. I know they had feathers. It's hard to say. I guess so. I don't know. It's so complicated. My brain. So yeah. It's, it's, it's so complicated because when we were kids, dinosaurs didn't have feathers and there's only like lizards. And then now dinosaurs are either avian dinosaurs or non-avian dinosaurs. The non-avians became lizards. The avians became birds. It's like, ah, and some of them died out completely. Yeah. Dinosaurs are crazy. We definitely need to get a paleontologist. Anyways, I just like the theory that the aliens went through and just killed every dinosaur with a laser. <laughs> like, how I feel with both those theories, there's no way they, they managed to capture every single one, which may be why there's Nessie Maybe. or the Mugle Membe. But at the same time, it's like there's no shot in hell that a laser beam is fucking 
melting every single dinosaur, you're going to miss quite a few. Yeah. And how they rationalize that humans and dinosaurs were around at the same time is they have rocks that contain both dinosaur and human footprints, but they're not really able to like date them at the same time. Yeah, because that would be literally impossible. Yeah. And then there's also ancient artwork that depicts dinosaurs. But I mean, that could be anything. They could just be like doing a drawing of anything out of their imagination. It also could be maybe they found dinosaur bones. Yeah. The other thing that they're not factoring in is how we assemble dinosaurs. We assume we know what they look like, but look like an elephant, right? Elephant's bones have no indication that there's a trunk on the elephant. And without a trunk, an elephant is not an elephant, you know? That's really kind of freaky. Yeah, like have you ever look at a oh, Google an elephant weird. Because obviously there's no bone in the trunk. That makes sense. That's why they thought that there's a cyclops. But it was just something with a trunk, like a woolly so, mammoth. Yeah, they have mammoths and like tiny elephants and such proto-elephant type deals back in the day in Greece and whatnot. And that's why we had cyclops. So interesting. That's why we have cyclopses so that's the thing is like it doesn't factor in that just because a drawing resembles what we think an alien looks like a dinosaur looks like yeah exactly because that's just our assumption of what it looks like right so if they found the same bones as us yeah well it's also just really funny if there was flying saucers all over the place why haven't we found a single one there's no way one didn't just crash somewhere And they're saying that aliens were around at the same time as George Washington. So why are we finding people with lasers burned through them? Or, you know what I mean? Why aren't we finding any mention of UFOs or flying saucers before like the 1950s? Or I guess, I mean, they did. But to the best of my knowledge, there are absolutely none from the revolutionary period and before that. Yeah. And if George Washington is close enough with the aliens to be assembling Washington, D.C., to appease his alien overlords, but fails to mention them in anything he ever wrote, any text that we have from that time, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense at all. No, I, I strongly agree. Especially, like I said last week, DC wasn't even designed until the 1790s when he was out of power. Oh, also, apparently, I saw someone said something about this on Twitter, talking about ancient aliens. According to ancient aliens, the reason that DC didn't burn down during the War of 1812 was because aliens intervened. But literally, the White House burnt to the ground. Giorgio is clearly never taken an American history class. He just made some shit up. Yeah, they didn't protect the most important thing, the most important building. The fucking White House. Yeah, I know. Seriously, it burned to the ground. And Giorgio's like, well, actually, the reason that DC didn't burn is because the aliens and everybody's like, no, they fucking didn't. Yeah. It's really a show about what comes out of this one bodybuilder man's head. (laughs) I know. And like, it's insane. He's not actually a bodybuilder because he's so skinny. No, he's a fraud on all fronts. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) you don't even go to business school successfully. I had to go to uh, sports communication school. Yeah. Got his degree in sports communication. Becomes this expert on ancient aliens that has this crazy cult following people Mm -hmm. go to conventions just for him to see just him it's crazy honestly at this point i mean remember that uh we always talk about it we're not gonna get it there's no shot in hell but at one point so people reach cold reach out to us like, hey do you want to host a cryptid show i did some research about the brand they are recruiters for Discovery Channel. And we're like, fuck yeah. Obviously, they never really reached out to us after we submitted our stuff. But honestly, at this point, I don't know if I want to be on TV, but I guarantee we can get ourselves on TV at this point. If Giorgio could do it, we have a bit of a following. We could cold pitch like Discovery Channel or History Channel or something and be like, hey, we'll make yeah. a show about cryptids. And like, look, we already have kind of a fan base. We'll do like this, but we'll interview like real people and like go hunt for Bigfoot and shit. I guarantee they'll be like, sure, you're hired. And I feel like half of TV is just what you look like. And if a guy that looks like Giorgio can get on TV, we can get we can on TV. definitely get on TV. I think we're good. I think we can do it. I bet Campbell knows someone we could cold pitch to. Now that the History Channel doesn't have Pawn Stars anymore, maybe they're looking for a new show. That's an idea. So what we do is we create a pawn shop that only gets Bigfoot paraphernalia. <sighs> and then we just scam people so they can be on TV. We're like, it's valued at about $2,000. The most I can give you is 50 bucks. Sorry, dude. (laughs) 
well, all right, I want to be on TV. So yeah. all part ways of this item for 50 bucks, even though it's worth like $70,000. You guys are the experts. So if that's what you say it's worth. It's funny because the experts are always like, oh, it's like worth 2000 And then Rick goes, yeah, well, the best I can do is 200 bucks. It's like, uh, he just has $70,000. Yeah, but it's going to sit in my store for a while to find the right buyer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, That's but you're probably- exactly it. It's going to sit in my store. No one's going to walk in looking for this. Now you know what it's worth. Go take it somewhere else and sell it yourself. I know. They just want to be on TV. It's crazy. All right. Um, do you want to get into the Sasquatch true yes. crime documentary on Hulu? So this is called Sasquatch. Episode one, it's on Hulu. If you have Hulu and you don't want it spoiled at all, hit the pause button right now. Go check it out. It's 43 minutes. Resume in 43 minutes and watch along. We might make this another weekly segment because Kid Nation was fun, but it seems a little bit more related and it's more topical right now because it just came out. Yes. It was the first top thing on my Hulu that came up. It just came out. All right. So do you think they were legally growing weed 23 years ago in the 90s? No. 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 It's crazy though, because it sounds like everyone there was growing weed, even the cops. Yeah. So I actually spent like an entire summer in this place. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty weird, very rundown county, Mendocino County. We would stop at gas stations. The gas stations were so old, they didn't take credit cards. It just kind of mm-hmm. seems like this blast from the past kind of place. Uh-huh. And there's actually another documentary called Murder Mountain about the same county, how people have gone missing in this area. And basically there's this, I'm not going to explain this well, you guys should watch the documentary, but the cops are afraid of some of the weed growers and the people who Mm -hmm. like really run the town. It's like almost dominated by a gang at this point. So the cops are not in charge. Yeah. I mean, that's the vibe I kind of got at the end of the first episode. Yeah. It's crazy. And what's even crazier is that I was fucking hitchhiking around this place by myself. I was leading backpacking trips and part of our itinerary was, okay, drop the kids off and then you drive the car around and hitchhike 10 miles back to the trailhead. That's so irresponsible. That was part of our itinerary. Well, no shit. People go missing there all the time. Yeah. There was a lot of things in this documentary that made sense to me. The guy was saying how when you're in the woods, you feel like you're being watched. And I kind of got that feeling. And there was even one time where I was sleeping in my hammock and I could hear all this weird noise coming around me. And I heard something splashing in the water and I was something big in the water. And I was like, fuck that. I don't know what to do. And so I was like so scared. I turn on my flashlight and whip around and there is, I'm not kidding, Steve, a 10 point buck in front of my face, Oh my god! probably like a foot from my face <laughs> chilling there. So then the rest of the night I grabbed my sleeping bag because I didn't have a tent. It's kind of a long story, but I grabbed my sleeping bag and just slept outside the door of my kid's tent because I was just so freaked out. Bees. But it's a freaky place. So why are you in hammocks? Is it because like mountain lions and shit and bears? No. So it was wildfire season and basically they changed the rules during the summer where we had a group of 15 people, Mm -hmm. but the region wouldn't let us because of the fire codes or whatever. So we had to split up. So my co-leader took six kids. I took seven kids. And so he took the leader tent and I just had my hammock. That must have sucked in the rain. It didn't rain the whole summer. Well, yes. Yeah, it's fire season. I just feel like it's irresponsible to let college kids lead a trip in an area that lights on fire all the time, has mountain lions, bears, and possibly ravenous big feet. It just seems like a lawsuit and a half waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, hitchhiking around, we saw bears. I saw a mountain lion. We got attacked by bees. We were running around from forest fires. And coming back to the documentary a little bit, one of the things that the guy said was this land, there's been so much bloodshed on this land because when the gold rush happened, all of those guys came in and were killing indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of weird curse or voodoo in this area or it's haunted yeah because of all of the native american people who are killed 
yeah. I mean, it's possible. It sounds like it's some crazy shit there. It's a weird place. Oh my God, it's so cold here. <laughs> so we can kind of dig in more. It really hit home for me because some of the exact streets that they were talking about, I remember being on. So did you go to that uh, that rock? Spy. Spy Rock. Spy Rock Road. Yeah. You went there, even though they said that like people don't like outsiders there. I mean, we were just driving through. Was, uh, that's how you got to the Redwoods. So my question is like, they talked a lot about how there's constantly seeing Bigfoot and stuff. And there's like rocks there all the time. If it's as frequent as they made it out to be, we'd have to have hundreds of footprints. So I'm not saying I don't believe in the Sasquatch and say, but like, I'm just saying, come on guys. If I were to really believe this and you're making it sound like everyone's been harassed by Bigfoot multiple times, there have to be a minimum dozens of footprints, right? Yeah. That you can be like, look at this. And I'm not saying, sure, maybe we don't get camera footage, but there has to be Bigfoot poop or Bigfoot footprints. It's impossible. Human feet leave footprints. If it's like a 600 pound, 700 pound, inch pound thing, we'd they'd leave a footprint. Yeah. I mean, there were some Sasquatch hunters who like had a bunch of footprints, but... I think you're right. We should probably tell people what the premise of the documentary is. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So basically, the premise is that this guy who is like an investigative journalist, I guess, mm-hmm. he's kind of like Vice News before Vice News is a thing. Yeah, and he's gone undercover with neo-Nazis and gangs, and just like all dangerous people. Yeah, he's basically Vice News, only he's not a hipster asshole from Brooklyn. Yeah. Who creates the Proud Boys later in life. And basically, while he was at this weed farm with one of his buddies, like working there, I mean, they must have been high based on how he's talking about it. Basically, he sank down on this couch and these two guys came in. They found three bodies in a farm, just mangled, ripped apart, ripped to shreds. And they said Bigfoot did it. And they were like freaking out. Yeah. So these three bodies in the weed farm, but none of the weed was taken. Wasn't it like ripped off the... Oh, I, yeah, I, I might follow that. Because you said it was a ripoff, but the weed's still there or something. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like things were kind of, everything was kind of destroyed, but nothing was stolen. We also found out a little later, the big reveal is that he got in touch with this guy, Razor, I think his name was, who was there. Because he basically been calling around who had heard the story. And he said three Mexicans from Mexico, Mexican nationals, if you will, were murdered by Bigfoot in this spying rock, I think it's called. Spy Rock Road. My first thought is like the Mexican cartels are vicious. They probably sent someone up there to chop those guys up. And allegedly at this same weed farm, there was a lot of stories about Bigfoot before that. People said that Bigfoot would lurk around in the woods and bluff charge them and they had seen it before. So it was kind of already in their heads that Bigfoot was around. And then when these guys died, it was like, oh, okay. That's the explanation that makes sense to them. Yeah. So that's what makes sense to them. I mean, I actually have another thought that, I mean, obviously we don't know much about it. I've only seen the first episode and there's three out so far, but if they got between a mama grizzly bear and her cubs, she wouldn't eat them. She would just maul them, which would make sense because there are grizzly bears in the California grizzly, literally the bear on the flag. Yeah. But I feel like, cause they found the bodies. They didn't find the Bigfoot. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a bear for sure. I still think someone got away with murder and said it was Bigfoot, but we'll see. I mean, some of the cool stuff was, I think, more the quote squatchers, as it were. Yeah. So there was this guy named, I think it was Bobo. Bobo. I kind of remember that. Yeah. And that was the guy with the yellow hat on who they would ask him a question and he would just stand there completely still arms out six inches from his side. And he's just like. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Bigfoots, like one of them. (laughs) What did he say? Dude, I don't remember. I love Bobo, though. Oh, he's like, yeah, one of them like came up and threw a log at my friend. And so that's why I've been hunting Bigfoot. And it just has like at the bottom of the screen, it's like Bobo, Sasquatch hunter. (laughs) Yeah, I also love the um, the guy who said he's never seen a Bigfoot. I still want to believe it. Yeah. who was just really high and had clearly been growing and smoking weed in California since like the 70s. Yeah, like this is like, so Yeah, he was like in between like sentences would just take like, puff from a joint. It was so funny too, just because like, I have no idea what he's saying. He's like, well, I can't say it's real until I've seen it with my own eyes. You know, I'm kind of Missouri like that. It's like about, he's like, I'm kind of Missouri about that. We're like, what the fuck does what that What does that mean? <laughs> it was just so out of it. It was great. The stars of the show, in my opinion, actually, so far were 
the gay couple who both believe in Bigfoot and we're fighting over <laughs> what Bigfoot is actually like. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. Those people are so funny. One of the guys was like, well, you believe that Bigfoot teleports and can transport and all that bullshit. And the guy's like, I don't believe that. So I'm glad that I know he's alive, but we should try and find Bob Gimlan. He's the guy who got the first video of Bigfoot, like the famous one. Yeah. Yeah. He was on there. I had no idea he was still alive. I didn't know he was alive either. And he seemed like pretty with it. And it seemed like he was maybe like our parents' age. I thought he was going to be like 80. I had no idea he was like 60s. Yeah. Or 70s. I have no idea. He's younger than I ever would have guessed. I agree. And he had an interesting perspective, though, because he was like, I've never heard stories of people being killed by Sasquatches only being protected by them. Which is interesting because and there's actually a ton out there. And a, few, a while ago, if you should check that out with our episode of Zach Kuhn, I talked about Bigfoot attacks, and there are a bunch of them that are really old of Bigfoots tearing people apart. One from Teddy Roosevelt, in fact. I think it's interesting that he somehow hasn't come across those, even though there are Bigfoot stories that are like from the 1700s onwards. And there's yeah. the one in Okanokee Swamp, in Georgia. And he's like one of the most prominent Bigfoot figures out there. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to interview him because. He saw Bigfoot. He has the video. He has the video. Yeah. The story of the Bigfoot throwing the snake at the car. I would love to ask him about that. I'd be like, hey, so explain this one. But yeah, overall, I think it's just sort of heating up right now, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, we should definitely talk about episode two next week. Oh, the one other thing that I wrote down that I wanted to bring up that I just thought was kind of funny. So he calls that guy, whatever his name is, like Razor. Razor. Yeah. And Razor's like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing in fall of 1993, Spy Rock Road, these three Mexican nationals were murdered. How do you remember not only that story from 1993, but also that it happened in fall of 1993? How do people remember dates like that? The only way like, I would be able to do that is if that was like the last time I'd ever drank alcohol and I was like sober ever since. But like, there's yeah. literally no other scenario I remember the date. Like that's a story I'd remember, but I would not remember the fucking date I heard it. I feel like I can't remember the date of anything. I'll definitely remember like, 2020 forever. That's a year the pandemic. Well, are you going to remember what happened January? Actually, no, January 2020, like the old world was open. Are you going to remember what happened May 13th of 2020? No. Yeah, I have no fucking idea what happened that day. Like, and let alone remember a story I heard. Like, it didn't even happen to him. He was just like, oh, yeah, I heard about it in a couple bars. And I know exactly the date that it happened and the road that it happened on and mm-hmm. all these details about these guys. He's a little suspicious. Right? I mean, it seems like it's kind of an ongoing thing. So we'll see in episode two. But the only reason it's a little suspicious is like the main guy, Dave, I think his name is David. Mm-hmm. He kind of went out of his way to talk about how that makes it more credible, which makes you think, huh, the fact that you're calling attention to how not bringing it up makes it more credible makes me think that this is not very credible. Yeah, I think it'll come back to us at some point. Yeah, I think it's like also, it's like the Streisand effect. When you draw attention to something that you don't want necessarily people to think one way, it makes them think the other way, you know? But you know the Streisand effect. I don't think I know what it is. Really? So basically the Streisand effect... I feel there was something posted about Barbara Streisand on the internet, like a picture or something that she didn't like. And rather than being quiet about it, she went on a public campaign being like, delete this photo, get it off the internet, blah, blah, blah. And in effect, more people knew about the thing she was embarrassed about and saw it and it like just yeah. perpetuated it. That's why sometimes it's best when shit hits the fan, shut the fuck up. Unless you absolutely need to give a statement, don't say anything. Well, yeah. And that's like all of these, this is totally off topic. All of these youtubers who do like their apology videos the apology videos get way more views than the original like accusation videos ever do that's how i hear about it because of these apology videos i know james charles did this whole apology video but it wasn't even really an apology because he was bringing up text receipts and he was like you know trying to prove it wrong and then everyone's able to pick apart your story you know this is, this is exactly why when shit hits the fan shut the fuck up. and if yeah. you need to consult a lawyer what i will say though is excited yeah, to so, see where this goes yeah i am too i think it's going to be a fun show to watch 
All right. Well, that was a great episode, guys. Thank you for listening. And as I said before, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. It really helps. Also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. That is a great way as social proof. Just it actually gets people to um, listen to the show, which will help us grow. Check out our website, misfitsandmysteries.com. Sign up for our newsletter, read our blogs. And where can they find us, Emmy? So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at podcast underscore misfits. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just type in misfits and mysteries. And also check out our website. So like that's where you can find all of our latest episodes, all the blogs, misfitsandmysteries.com. Everything should be there. Yeah. And as always, stay spooky, misfits. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Bye.